Good afternoon. afternoon. Y'all can do better than that. Good afternoon. afternoon. Is the Lord great this morning? Amen. 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 Uh, Welcome to our second Sunday morning gathering of Epiphany Fellowship uh, Church on this uh, Sunday uh, that God has given us the grace to gather. I'm excited about um, all of the great things that God is blessing this ministry to be up to uh, with our basketball league starting. All of those uh, young people were from the, our neighborhood, and so we want to thank God for that. Give God a hand praise for that. Uh, it's going to be a great, great opportunity for us to engage our neighbors with uh, the love of Jesus Christ. Don't forget our, our Christmas store also because we, we wanted to, in the past we've done kind of things that were a little disempowering to families and, and by just handing out gifts and children with them and them handing out gifts and just getting the gifts and they're under the tree and it's like it came from this place. And so instead of doing that this year, we wanted to, as a church, buy gifts and then sell them for a very, very discounted rate. I mean, we're not trying to make any money off of it. We're just trying to empower people as they're buying gifts uh, so that they're buying a gift and their children see them providing for their family, seeing fathers provide for their families. Amen, somebody. Mothers and and that, 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 that because the Bible teaches Imago Dei, which means uh, image of God, which points us to the principle of human dignity. And even if someone doesn't trust Christ, they still have dignity. And so even if somebody you share the gospel with somebody they don't trust Jesus Christ as Savior, they still deserve love. And, and they still deserve uh, uh, the good works of Christ to be able to lovingly bless them. But hopefully, as we engage people, the hope is that we'll have people trusting Jesus Christ as Savior. Uh, uh, now, we're not going to hand out any tracts, all right? So we're going to hand out lives. And um, as they rub up against lives, we develop relationships, earn the right for the church to share the gospel with them. And that'll be a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity. Um, I'm just blessing God because we got two men on the praise team. I feel God in this place. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, we got, we got uh, Denver, uh, Denver, brother Denver, and we got brother Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah, you're gonna express yourself, ain't you? <laughs> he laughing like a mug. I'm laughing too. He going to express, I ain't mad at you, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that. We had an all-female praise team for most of the time and an all-male band. So now we got, you know, some cats up in there. You know what I'm saying? Now we need some female band members. Flat out. How about that? Now you got to actually be able to play now. No affirmative action on this one. We're not going to, like, have you instrument sync. You know, we're not going to do that. But um, we will, uh, we, we really would like to see you involved with that. I'm um, also, um, who's in finals week this week? Next week, last week? Golly. Well, before I enter anything, I'm going to pray for y'all. So I want y'all to stand. Y'all need to pray. Look at that. <laughs> one sister, one sister, the first service, she was going like this, going like this. She's like, I need all the oil of heaven on me right now. You know, she's like, I need some help. How many of y'all scared to death for these finals? How many of y'all are confident? All right, all right. How many of y'all study? Yeah. Dang, all the hands ain't go up on that part. So we know what y'all going to be doing for the rest of the afternoon. Order some pizza and keep it up, man. So 
We're going to pray off the spirit of Red Bull. <laughs> and six hours, whatever that thing is, you know. <laughs> well, man, let's go before the Lord for our students. We got grad. How, where are my grad students at? Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Any PhD students? Not yet. Oh, right there. That's right. That's right. B, you are um, you a PhD student? That's right. Psychology, right? Perfect. I see. I remember. Um, all right. All right. Well, all my undergrad folk. Now, some of y'all put your hand up twice. Some lying is going on. Pladowski. Okay. I'm sorry for. I repent of calling you a liar. Okay. Double degrees. All right. Uh, let's let's go before the Lord. Um, if you got a student near you, put your hand on them. Um, and we, as we pray for them through their finals and papers and all of that, let's just pray for them. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to pray for students. And thank you for giving them the ability to go to school. God, uh, I mean, I mean, I, and I thank you, Lord God, that they get to learn uh, general revelation, Lord God. But help, help them to, as they grow in Christ to be able to infuse what they learn in these different environments with the truth of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, I pray that you would bless their study. I mean, I, I remember studying, but feeling like I didn't. And um, God, I, I just pray for our students that you would give them the sense that the studying would stick to them, that the information that they're trying to grab, uh, that, 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 that it, would, it would stick to them. And also for those who um, admittedly did not do good in the whole semester at all, God, I pray for them that they, as they try to play catch up, Lord God, that you would be gracious to them, uh, but help them to learn some lessons too. Uh, and Lord, I'm excited to see how you're going to use all of these degrees in the world to see lives transform, uh, to better the world. And as Christians are who they are, they'll get to give honor to God as the one who used them as a means of blessing and influence and strength and wisdom in your world. We believe you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, you might as well keep standing. Y'all know we're going to read the Bible. Stand up, right? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We're in Hebrews chapter 11 and 12 today. We're going to read from verse 39 of chapter 11 to verse 4 of chapter 12. When you get there, say amen. If you see it on the, up, up on the screen, say amen. 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 Let's, let, let's dig in Hebrews, verse 39 of chapter 11. It says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Keep going.
Amen. Amen. Somebody should shout right there. I don't even need to preach that. That preached itself. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, but you're going to preach, Pastor. So, uh, uh, um, so I'm, I'm excited today. I want to I talk about our final uh, message in our manhood series. I want to I talk about uh, today the man and his walk with Jesus. The man and his walk with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for Jesus Christ, who, 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 who came from heaven to earth to get at us and to get at us through dying on the cross for our sin and being raised up from the grave uh, to deal with our issues and to uh, challenge us, but yet to be someone that we get the glorious opportunity of walking with. What a privilege. The best title that anyone can have is that they walk with God. God, will you describe our souls as having submitted to that? Help us to see this as the most important message of our lives. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength. Somebody say our strength. Our Our Redeemer Redeemer. in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, the, uh, we, we've, we've been going through our manhood series, and we've talked about everything from uh, the creation of man, a man's purpose for original creation. We talked about the fall of man. We talked about the, con- the, 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 the condition of man. We talked about the repentance of man. We talked about strongholds. Uh, we talked about leadership. We talked about uh, being a planner. Uh, We talked about a whole lot of things during the course of this series that I think is helpful for us to be able uh, to to have some nuts and bolts in how the gospel transforms us and transforms us in particular ways. And and so, however, however, uh, this this, this is sort of a series cap, if you will, because I think that this is the most important message of the series, because everything in our lives boils down to walking with Jesus. Um, um, at the end of the day, the, every, all roads lead back to that. Whether, whether, whether you're choosing a spouse, it boils down to whether or not you walk with Jesus. Whether, whether or not you're, you're getting a house, uh, in, 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 in getting into the house and that being used for his glory, that has to do with walking with Jesus. Whether or not you have children and want to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, at the end of the day, it boils down to you walking uh, with Jesus and, 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 and knowing which way to go in life and what type of direction that you should take, what career, what should I be doing, it all boils down to walking with Jesus. If we're talking about being a leader in the home, if you want to be able to lead a family and your wife trusts you as you lead that family, amen, that, that, that it all boils down to walking with Jesus, and, 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 and even even in a in a single state, being a single person, trying to stay sanctified and single, Amen. Lights and walls, it all boils down to walking with Jesus. And so I figured I'd pick a passage that kind of crescendos and speaks of 
uh, uh, the massiveness of the importance of walking with the living God. Hebrews is a book written by an unknown writer. Many believe it's Paul because it has Pauline, uh, 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 through by way of the Holy Spirit, Pauline touches on it. Uh, it doesn't matter. The early church accepted as a part of the canon. And I like this book is because it's pointing to the fact that G- it's trying to do two things. It's trying to let you know that Jesus trumps everything. Yeah. That, that's, that's number one. And number two, number two, it's trying to tell you don't give up. Let me, let me say that again. See, my old mother's hearing me right now. That's the only one to hear me talking right now. But every now and then, you need somebody to tell you don't give up. So the writer is trying to tell them not to give up. But if you tell somebody not to give up without giving them a way to not or a reason not to give up, you, they're going to give up. So the writer points them to Jesus being better than everything. So he says, Jesus is better than the angels. Then he says, Jesus is better than Moses. Then he says, Jesus is better than the Sabbath. He said, Jesus is better than Aaron. He said, Jesus is better than the Old Testament sacrifices. And then he just says, at the end of the day, Jesus is better than everything. I wish I had a church in here that understood that no matter what you got in your life, no matter what you got going on, no matter how much hell is breaking loose, that Jesus it's better than everything. And so as, 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 and as I walk with him and as, I, as my soul gets, I guess, I guess ruptured by the realities of life, I need grounding that lets me know and that reminds me that Jesus is everything. And so in this passage, we begin going through the hall of faith in the first part of the passage. And in the first part of the passage in chapter 11, it goes through the corridors of all of those who have been walking with God for a long, long time. And as they have been going for quite some time and walking uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, we see that it begins to culminate itself at the end of this section. So I'm so excited about it. So if you're going to be a man who walks with God, the first thing that you're going to have to have and you're going to have to recognize, is you're going to have to recognize that walking with Jesus is broader than our individual faith. Walking with Jesus is broader than our individual faith. Look at verse 39. It says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. I, I like this. Now, 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 what's happening here in the passage is, is I'll, I'll do a little scale over in a second, but, the, but, but this hall of faith talks about patriarchs and matriarchs who came through and they had faith in the midst of insurmountable odds. It, 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 it means that, 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 that and what's funny about the, the hall of faith is it's a motley crew of people. I mean, I mean, these aren't choosable people that you'd like bring. Like, if we're picking teams on the court, what you do is you watch how Shorty play, and you're like, all right, I'm picking money, 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 nah. I'm, this is my team right here. Because you, in, in other words, but, but, but God is weird. He's real weird. Because God doesn't choose like humans choose. See, God doesn't look for the best people. He doesn't look for the most gifted people. He doesn't go to the crim of the crop in the top of the hill to pick his people. When he wants to pick somebody, he picks based on the maximum amount of glory that he can get out of them 
and the least amount of glory that they can get. In other words, he, he wants to, he picks people that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, their life has been so messy, their life has been so trifling, their life has been so complex, their life has had so many issues that when God changes anything in their life, and if there's been anybody that's been watching the tape of their life and the reel of their life, they'll point to them and say, that's nothing but God that changed that person. Oh, y'all, y'all think I'm lying. In the text, in the text, you got, you, you, you got eunuchs, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishai, Azariah. You know what I'm saying? Eunuchs are young bucks that nobody would choose slaves. You got Rahab, which was a prostitute. Uh, you, had, you had Jeremiah uh, 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 getting buried in defecation up to his neck. You had Isaiah, who some believe was sawn in two. The Bible says men and women of which the world wasn't worthy. But if you think about it, you would say nobody would have bigged them up. But that's how God chooses. God chooses based on his glory, not your story. God is the only God I know as a drafting engineer that he is and a, and a talent scout. The only talent scout that looks for talentlessness. And he chooses the talentless person drafts them on his team, gives them gifts, and lets them loose. Anyway. And so in walking with God, it says they were commended through their faith. I don't usually do this, but in the, in the languages, this is an aorist part of a passive participle. The aorist means that this was a particular time in their life that God commended them. It's like a snapshot of a picture. Right there. That's what you, that's, it's like an Instagram, if you will, in the Greek. Right? That's what it is. Now, now it is, it is. Now, now passive means you didn't do it. It was done for you. Uh, uh, but the participle means it's a descriptive, because it's a verbal adjective, it's a description of their life. Did you get that? So in other words, being commended by God in the Greek means that God vouches for you. Oh my God. That, that, that means God is willing to write a recommendation letter about you based on the record of your commitment to have faith in him. Yeah. Now, now, now he, doesn't, he doesn't write recommendations on human works. He writes recommendations on people who understood that they were weak and needed his strength. Yeah. See, some of us are too strong. Yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but the Bible teaches in our weakness we're made strong. Yeah. And so he likes to write recommendation letters for people who recognize that they're weak, but they depended on his strength. And because of the record of recognizing how good he's been, how faithful he's been, he says, I'll write a letter for them. Let, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can make it plain. When, whenever someone uh, believes they're called to ministry and they want to go to seminary or Bible college, they'll come to me and ask me for a recommendation letter. And, and sometimes every now and then some cats are a little scared because they don't know what I'm going to write. Uh, uh, one cat in particular, I said, I said, what do you want me to tell them about you? He said, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to tell them. I said, nah, you tell me because I'm struggling. What I can write. Because you're trying to get a degree in what you haven't done. Help me, God. But then most, 99.9% .9 of the time, though, I get the honor. 
of when somebody says, Pastor, I need a recommendation, I can write all day about them. Why? Because faithfulness gives you vouchability. See, God, what he does is God vouches for his people when they have trusting in him by faith. So that means he'll put you up against anything. Not because you're strong, but because you've mastered the ability to trust him. Walking with God means you're, you're, you're not trying to master beastiness. You're trying to master what it means to trust him no matter how hot it gets on earth, no matter how much hell breaks loose, and no matter how much everything around you fall apart. See, that's what marks a person that walks with God is they're relentlessly running with the wind and sand beating up against their face. And no matter what, though they slay me, yet will I trust them. Walking with God is the most important thing for you. There's no way in the world you can make it. There's no way you can make it unless you walk parallel to him. He he doesn't walk with you. You walk with him. You'll say, see, see see the problem with that theology that Jesus walks with me is that I'm the author of my journey. See, that's some old Invictus theology. Out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods there may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clinch of circumstance, I have no wince, no crowd allowed. Under the blood is ending of a chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears, looms but the horror but the shade. And it self finds it shall find me unafraid. No matter how straight the gate, no matter how charged the punishment of the scroll, I am the master of my faith and the captain of my soul. No! not the captain of yourself. God doesn't walk with you and edit your journey as you walk. You walk with him. He didn't, listen, he didn't tell anybody, can I follow you? Show me that in red print. No, he always says, follow me. Listen, God, God is demanding that your life be made in concert with his passions for it. And that's why you got to recognize that Jesus is better than everything. See, walking with Jesus is just growing in the knowledge of the fact that nothing can touch him. Growing, walking with God is growing in the reality that Jesus is better than everything. <laughs> that's what it means. The more you grow, the more you like. That's why when old people who grow spiritually, I'm some of the ones that grow spiritually, they, their statements, when you ask them questions, get very simple. Yes, yes, yes. Be, you, know, uh, you know, young folk, we want information. You know, give me the upper echelons of the eschatological philosophical construct. They're like, baby, I don't know what all that is. All I know is I was blind and now I see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. It get real. See, when, when, you, when you grow in Christ... Stuff just gets simple. It just, listen, it just boils down to a few things. When you, when you walk with him and he's brought you through some stuff and helped you turn some corners and washed you out of your mess, you're like, oh, that, that, stop. certain things don't matter no more. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. God help me right now. And listen what it says in the text. It says, 
It says, and all these were commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, my God. Listen, stop right there. That means that the theology that tells you you get everything now doesn't work. What what, what do I mean by that? Theology that promises you everything now is a small theology. Because the Bible says that people in the past were believing God beyond their lifetime. In in other words, they, they recognized that they were going to be in a, in, 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 a, in a succession of people who would walk with God in that their lives would set up the, uh, the lives of others to win. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder, in the Olympics, why do they put their best runners up front? I always wonder about, about that. Like I was watching the last Olympics. Man, they, got, they had the, cold, the people that got all the gold medals, they first. Like, why would you put the, co- the coldest people you want on the back end? But then I started watching, even though the ones that came after them wasn't faster, they still won the race. And I was like, what what was that? And I started looking into it. And and, and what they did was they put the best people up front to set the tone for the race. Wish I had some help. And, And what happened is when they set the tone for the race, when the others they passed the baton to, they don't have to run as hard because they're not pioneering anything. All they're doing is carrying the torch that was already set before them. Which, I, Listen, you need to recognize, and I'm sick of young Christians thinking that Christianity started with them. Ecclesiastes said, ain't nothing new under the sun. Let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something. We need to start. We, we come across a new theology. We want to tell everybody about it. And you act, I, you know, they ain't know, you know, my, back in the day, you know, the old church, they ain't know nothing. And you blasting. Listen, let me tell you something. People been walking with Jesus for a long, long time before you. And if they didn't walk with Jesus, you wouldn't walk with Jesus. Don't, don't disrespect who went before you because you know a little bit more technical information. At the end of the day, God is not going to ask you about your technique. He's going to ask you about your walk. I got to keep moving. That's why it gets simpler as the days go by. That's why the old church say it gets sweeter as the days go by. That's why Paul could say, oh, my God, I'm trying not to close early, but I'm just trying to let you know that, listen, as this outer body is falling apart, your inner body is being renewed day by day. That's called walking with him. That's called walking with him. Help me, Father God. It says, therefore, it says, since God has provided something better for us, talking about Jesus, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. It's not talking about their spiritual life. It's talking about what they were believing God for. When God told Abraham he's going to be a father of nations, and, 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 and Sarah that she'd be a mother of nations with the fulfillment of that. But they didn't see it. It was just, it was just them, their son, and, and, and some servants. And, and, and they're out on land with nothing out there. And God says, this is all going to be yours, and it's going to be multitudes of people in this land. As a matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust off your family so crazy is that the globe is going to be filled with family all over the earth of yours. But he didn't see it, but it says, and Abraham believed 
God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Let me tell you something. Belief has always been a requirement to be in a relationship with God. You can't work yourself into a relationship with God. He comes after you. He tells you stuff. You believe what he say and you walk with him. That's the way it works. And so we have such a great cloud of witnesses, the Bible says. It says, therefore, since we have are surrounded with great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that so easily or so closely entangles us. I like this. Because that means that, 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 that God has been blessing us through others who have been walking with him for a long time watching us. They're in heaven not just worshiping. They're watching what's going on on planet Earth. See, they're looking at us, and they are, the word here it points to the idea of spectators during a gathering or a war or a sport that's going on in particular. And so in heaven, the heavens are, the, the, the people are watching. There's all types of TVs. I don't know if they're on the cloud, whatever. I don't know. But it's TVs everywhere. And what, the moment that they're worshiping God, then they're looking at us. They're worshiping God and looking at our lives. Because the Bible says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It's not us in community on earth. It's church invisible. So the church of the past, of all ages, from Adam down, is in heaven, watching what happens on planet earth. And guess what they're doing? They're saying, no, no, don't choose him. He's a crazy dude. No, run, run. Uh-uh. One, one, one time you, you, you lose. No, no, no. Don't do that. That's still, I've been through that. I've been through. Why is he doing that, Abraham? You remember the time? Listen, why is he doing that? And they talk, they, they're in heaven looking at us. But then when we, when, we, when we choose to walk with God, you know what I'm saying? Joshua and Daniel like, got it, got it. They grab each other's ankle. Hey, giving each other a high five, busting chest and everything. They're like, you see that? You, that's how you walk with Jesus. Ain't that how you walk with Jesus? And they look at all each other's face. And they, they, then they look at Jesus and they start worshiping. Then they look at the TV screen again. They say, I just don't know what to do. Is Jesus right here? People walking with him. We're here. I oh, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Listen, because they are spectating. Y'all think I'm lying. Listen, listen, listen. It's just like you when you watch your favorite. You on, you on TV. No, no, don't fumble. No, get the ball, get the ball. Acting like they can hear you, but you can't. That's what heaven does. They're yelling at us right now. They say, get that point the pastor said right there, right now. Heaven, 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 we have heaven, heaven is watching. Matter of fact, the things that God is doing with his people on earth is so special that First Peter, the last verse said, things of which the angels long to look. Because the angels never been human. So they don't know what it's like to not stare into the goodness of God. And he's here, so I trust him. But for us, seeing, we don't see. But the issue is because we don't see God, it says greater is those are those who haven't seen yet still believe. Right? And so we have such a great cloud of witnesses. These are some of the witnesses Abel willingly gave by faith. Enoch walked by faith. Noah worked by faith. Abraham went by faith. Sarah willingly used her womb by faith. Moses warred by faith, and Rahab welcomed by faith. People have been walking with God by faith 
for a long, 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 long time than us, which brings me to my next point with 13 minutes left. Walking with Jesus means to travel light. <clears throat> Walking with Jesus means to travel light. Look at the B part of verse 1. Let us also lay aside. Somebody say lay aside. Every sin which so closely, I like one translation that says so easily, old King James said, so easily entangles us. Uh, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let me tell you something. All in all, lay aside points to at a definitive point in your life, you have to take responsibility for getting rid of stuff that's not necessary. See, if you're going to walk with God, see, this, I'm not talking about sin yet. I'm talking about unnecessary stuff. Stuff in your life that's really just a weight is not really a help. It's a, in other words, God wouldn't call it, call it a sin. It can become a sin to a point, at a point, but, 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 it, but it's something in your life that God is saying, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you're not in sin by having that in your life, but I want you to remove it from your life because it's impeding upon you running the race with endurance. Let me see if I can make it plain. See, back in the day, in their races, um, they, they, they wouldn't wear a lot of gear when they were running. Uh, uh, some, some in the Greek races, they would have been very familiar with what Paul is talking about. They would have ran with sometimes almost nude or fully nude, and they would run not as some type of playboy ecstasy. But what they would, run, what they would take all of that stuff off for is so that as they're running, their stamina isn't impacted by what they have on them or nothing that would trip them up and mess up their ability to run the race as best as possible. I, I remember back in the day... Um, uh, they just had them Hearst commercials with uh, O.J. Simpson. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so O.J. Simpson, you know, be running through the airport. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But he'd be running through the airport. He'd jump over tables and jump over people and all that stuff. And he'd get to the gate real, real fast. You know what I'm saying? Running. So one day I had a connecting flight. And, and, um, I, and I got, my flight got in late. So, and so I, I was wondering, what, I had a small margin. And, and I said, I said, I said, can I get there? She said, Mr. Mason, if you run, <laughs> you can get there. I was in gate terminal A. It was terminal F. So I said, I picked up what I had, and I, and I said, on your mark. <laughs> I did all like this. I started stretching real quick, and then go, and then I started running. I was like, Kaka. I was going. People was looking at me. People was moving out the way like this and carrying on. Now it's coming past. But then all of a sudden, about 25% of the way there, my, my lungs started talking to me. And he, and he said, he said, E, 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 E. Like, don't be trying to act like I'm used to this. Like, I, you don't, like, don't be fronting for the people. Just get another flight because I'm on fire right now. You know, what I mean? you know what I'm saying? My heart is like, yo, man. Man, my rate ain't been up like this in a minute. <laughs> but if I didn't have that stuff on me, I'd have been able to make it. In other words, if I didn't have as much baggage as I had, I would have been able to make it to my destination and not have to wait for the next plane to come around. Wish I had some help. Listen, there's some things in your life that you need to let go of because it's making you miss some flights. 
Some of y'all, I'm glad God is the God of second chances, but every now and then, I want to go on the first ship that goes out. <laughs> every now and then, I want to I wanna be ready with my ticket. I want to get on. Listen, because, because many of us got too much crap in our life that we have as so many preferences that God ain't going to use you until you decide that, again, Jesus is better than everything. See, Jesus, he's even better than your preferences. See, until he gets in your preference, see, that's when you know you're walking with God. When you give up stuff you ain't really got to. That's how you know. See, it's one thing to give up sinning. It's another thing to say, I have the preference of doing this or being this, but for the sake of the gospel, I'm going to shut it down so that I can run light because I want to run right and I want to run tight. Listen, some of y'all got some loads on you that God is calling for you to let it go. But then it not only says weights, it says sins. It's interesting. That's interesting that it would say sins. Because now it says, it says this, this translation says so closely. I like the old King James where it says so easily. That means it's easy to get trapped. I get, let me see if I can make it plain with sin. I was watching this show. You know, I like them animal shows. So this woman wanted to take a picture with a python. I'm going to just look around the church real quick. <laughs> they put the python around the neck. And she holding the python and taking pictures. Doing this and carrying on. And so, and so the python slowly started going, and started going, she said, hey, 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 somebody get him. The python said, she said, hey, hey, help me. And so somebody had to take the python off of her. Now, this is interesting. You have to understand, she put the python around her to have fun. But the python didn't see what she was doing as playing, he saw it as a different way. See, sin, you want to play with sin. But sin doesn't play. It consumes. It will constrict you and suffocate you and devour you and eat you up. You better recognize as you play with sin and as you fondle sin that sin doesn't have the same plans for you that you have for it. Doesn't. It does not have the same plans. <coughs> it's planning to destroy you. That's why he says get rid of whatever gets in the way. <laughs> and what's so powerful about being in Christ is we have been empowered through Christ to run. That's why he's telling them to take you a nice little gospel jog. He said, you can go on a jog because Jesus did it already. And so he tells us to get rid of every weight that so easily clings to us so that we can run the race with endurance. Endurance means the capacity <clears throat> to take hold uh, 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 take hold of or bear up in the face of difficulty. It means patience, 
<laughs> fortitude, steadfastness, perseverance, to be able to hold up in the face of difficulty with patience. What does that mean? It means, it, means, it, means, it means that we must have consistency in walking with Jesus in the midst of adversity. That means just because something difficult happened doesn't mean that your walk gets put on hold. As a matter of fact, the more hell breaks loose, the more tighter you should cling to Christ. That, that, that's, that's, that's what he's trying to help us to run the race. That's why he says in, John, in James chapter 1, he says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect work in you. And if anyone lacks wisdom, in other words, it's saying if anybody's stupid, ask for some wisdom. In other words, and listen, count, but he said count it all joy. In other words, even though it's difficult, you can have some enjoyment. And you can endure. And he said, let endurance have its perfect work in you. In other words, your spiritual lungs has more capacity for you to run in the race in the midst of difficulty. The reason why you gotta travel light, because difficulty is gonna be enough of a burden. <laughs> You see, challenge, that's why Jesus says, take my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, his burden is light, but trials try to weigh you down. So what God does is as Jesus is snatching you forward as you walk with him in the yoke, because he's gifted at working through suffering and he's skilled at it, he pulls you and allows you to be an effective plower even in the midst of difficult weather. That's, that's the way of the Word of God. That, listen, if you're going to walk, listen, I don't know who somebody, like Martin Lawrence said, somebody done told you wrong. If you believe that walking with Jesus was going to be a cakewalk, if you believe that you and Jesus was going to hold hands in the wilderness and roll in the grass while you tickle each other, while you eat water ice and look at the stars and say, "Hi, ah, Jesus, look at the constellations. And you're smacking lilies and climbing trees and say, I see you. And y'all going to run to each other like this. That ain't the Christian life in the Bible. The Christian life in the Bible is war clothes ministry. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. I remember this guy, the war started. And the guy had just came out of boot camp. He handed him a gun and pushed him up. He said, hold on, hold on. He's like, hold up, man. Hey, what you doing, man? He said, no, it's time for battle. Go. And he pushed him out in the battle. Listen, that's what Jesus does with you. You're in the race with me now. Mm, I love you. Come on, put on your clothes. Boom. And he pushes you out in the battle. That's the way walking with Jesus is because you got to run the race with endurance. Next, walking with Jesus takes focus. It says looking to Jesus. I like that. that I like that. that looking at Jesus. But your view of Jesus has to be the right Jesus for you to be able to look at Jesus. That means that Jesus, see, most of us think of the love of Jesus as Jesus loves me and he's going to sit with me on the train, talk. Like sometimes Jesus' love is right after this, he talks about discipline, how he gets at you. So you got to have a comprehensive picture of who Jesus is so that when you look to him, you look rightly at him. Now, he says, looking to Jesus, and as we look to Jesus, it, 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 he, says, he says, the author or the founder and perfecter of our faith. The word founder means trailblazer. It means one who, 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 who came before their time and is trailblazing a path for others. 
The one who establishes or originates something is, is what it is. But perfecter means a person who brings something to completion without defect or blemish. As a designation for Jesus, the one who brings faith to its highest attainment, either in himself as an example or in others through his high priestly position. Perfecter, founder means he starts your faith. Perfecter is powerful because it means you ain't perfect, even though you're positionally perfect, but you're not practically perfect because you're practically a mess. And because you're practically a mess, he walks with you through your mess so that you can be the perfection that you are at salvation. So that means he's willing to put up with you and me. That's what it means. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And finally, as I close, walking with Jesus is difficult enjoyment. Walking with Jesus is difficult enjoyment. It says here, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the chain, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It says, for the joy set before him. In other words, the cross was an enjoyment to Jesus. Now, now this, is what's, this is what's crazy about the, the Lord. The cross was enjoyable. Now, what made the cross enjoyable wasn't the pain, but the goal. See, 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 what's powerful about that reality is that recognizing that he was willing to endure it, not for what it was, but what it was going to produce. And so as he leaves us that example to follow, because being a Christian is difficult enjoyment. You're going to have difficulty, but as you walk with Jesus, the enjoyment doesn't have to end. And that's why we have to put our minds and put our passions to the test by that. And he says, despising the shame. In other words, he didn't let the way men viewed the cross cause him to put down his cross. It's a good, it's, it's, it's in, in Isaiah 26, 3, as I close, I got a lot more to say. But Isaiah 26, 3, say he will keep in perfect peace those who keep their mind on him. I remember Fred Hammond wrote a song. Uh, in, uh, on the Spirit of David album. Yeah. And it's a beautiful song that talks about this. It's basically an ode to Jesus through Isaiah 26.3. It says, such a sweet communion as every day I seek your face knowing that your best for me is wherever you are. You can take life in me and set me up on eagle's wings. And all day long, I think on these things. But they that keep their minds stayed on you, yes, will be kept in perfect peace. And I know you are able to, he says, cause my fears to cease. I won't let a day go by. I won't let a day go by without keeping my mind, keeping it stayed on Jesus. Won't you do that? Stayed on Jesus 
With every new sunrise, I gotta keep my mind, meditate on him, oh yes, I meditate. And keep the spirit deep within. Then he says, oh, what joy you give to me. As I learn to trust in you. You have proven to be all that I need. All that I need. He says, so I stay. And I keep my mind. Stayed on Jesus. Father, we honor you. Thank you for the ability of the sweetness and glory of a relationship with God through Christ. Thank you that you allow us to walk with you. The honorable privilege of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.